0: Hello everybody it is Burke Reviews Movie Club episode number six and this week we're going to be talking about Coraline I'm John Burke and with me
1: Corey Starr hello hello
0: thought we'd try something new instead of me saying your name I'll just let you say I was
1: about (laughs) I know I was like I thought you were waiting for me to talk you go ahead though
0: (laughs) yeah we'll work on the timing I should have rehearsed that but nonetheless um we have some exciting news over at Burke Reviews uh it's exciting for me, at least, and I um, I am obligated to talk about it That's part of why I got what I got, and that is I will be attending in Orlando um, in April, from April 13th to April 14th, the Star Wars Celebration um, at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. I am super excited, as if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know myself and Mike are extremely huge Star Wars fans, and Corey is also a fan. I think Mike and I might be a little more obsessed with it, but... Um, this is the first time I'll be going to the Star Wars Celebration. I'm not sure if this is the first one or if they do this annually, but I love Star Wars, and I am going as a member of the press, and that makes me feel validated. After a year, just over a year, of writing a whole bunch of film reviews, um, watching tons of movies, and this year, uh, really trying to refocus my writing and be a better writer, I get to go, as a press member, to this event. Uh, I do have to write some, and I have to, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, both this one and the top five movies that will be coming up soon and I'm excited now the only thing that kind of stinks is the 13th through the 16th so it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday like most conventions Um, and that's uh, that Friday the 14th we're going to see Panic at the Disco also in Orlando so I'm going to be, have a long day in Orlando but I'm very excited to he- to hear this amazing news
1: I was pretty excited when you posted that today. I didn't get to see when you sent that message exactly, and I was at work. So, but that's pretty, pretty freaking exciting.
0: Yep. And um, also, uh, a twenty-four. We are officially uh, in a 24s eyes officially critics. So I will be uh. able to attend critic screenings in Orlando and Tampa, um, uh, just whenever they have them. Which we're not going to have as many here as we would in like Hollywood or something like that. But hey. When they're in Orlando or Tampa, I should get an email invite to attend um, an A24, currently one of my favorite studios. A lot of their films really resonate with me. Uh, last year alone, there was Green Room, Lobster, and, um, oh, there was one. Oh, Swiss Army Man. Moon- um,
1: oh, I thought that and Moonlight Moonlight, Moonlight was as two. well,
0: yep, definitely. Uh, okay. A24 is nailing it, and the year before, they had Room, which um, I loved Room, and uh, they had a few other films the year before, too. They're They're... Oh, uh, Ex Machina is a twenty four film. Um, oh
1: shoot, that's right. So yeah, you know, they're they're solid. Um, I follow them on a few social media things, and when I see that they have stuff come out, I feel like it's usually pretty promising.
0: Yeah, and they they're the distribution company for um a Ghost Story, so I'm hoping they're gonna do a premiere somewhere near us. Um, I'm also I'm hoping to maybe get you access in Boise, but I have not locked that in yet. But, um, what? Well, yeah, because you're a writer for Burke Reviews, and we're we're viewed as a critic site. So if I can get screenings in Boise, why not? Um, so
1: that's exciting.
0: Uh, it's pretty. cool. I mean, it's it's basically you just go to the movie and you sit with people who are, uh, you know, critics, and
1: as long as they're quiet during the movie, it's oh, good.
0: Critics. So you know, they're the no. only thing. Um, my, I mean, I've only gone to one so far, but my experience was they uh, they know each other because they'd been going to probably all of them. Where I was, that was my first one. Um, and they they write where you, you'll see everybody mainly has notepads because they're taking notes on the film. Um, the thing I wasn't prepared for with my first critic screening, which is why I think I've only had the one, is they ask you questions on the way out, of what you thought of the movie, and my response was lame. Like I was super like, I was like, "It's great," and I was like, "Crap," needed a quote, not <laughs> not just the general reaction. Um, oh my gosh! That's, they're looking. Keep going. They're yeah. They're looking for um, you know, the quote they can put on the poster from like. Uh, blah, 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 Burke reviews, you know, like you see on movies and stuff. Um, and I, I failed, I failed hard. So I learned my lesson. I'll be more prepared this time at the end to like have something, you know, noteworthy.
1: Um, I have, I have faith in you.
0: But that's, that's just some exciting stuff that's happening to Burke reviews. Uh, last week we did top five movies, um, with our favorite hero. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, we'd love for you to check it out, share it with your friends. And, um, We want to thank Brendan one more time for doing uh, our last episode of movie club with a handmaiden. Um, We're definitely I I enjoyed having a third person uh, bring a film and something we're not going to do every week, but something we definitely look to do in the future. uh, Having not just Brendan, but other people who really want us to watch a movie, hopefully a good movie. um, And uh, the handmaiden definitely was.
1: Agreed. I hadn't even heard of it, and I feel like if he ever loves a movie that much again, he should definitely let us know right away.
0: Yes. Um, and to get started, uh, one, this weekend, uh, the weekend just passed, three movies came out. We talked about those last week. Uh, I have already seen John Wick Chapter 2, which we will be talking about, if I'm not mistaken, on the Movie Club next week. Yes. So... I won't give any anything about it now. Just saying, I saw it. I am looking to see Lego Batman uh, as soon as possible. I am not looking forward to seeing Fifty Shades Darker. Um, but let's look ahead. What's coming out this on the seventeenth of February? Um, Corey and I watched three trailers uh, for three movies that are coming out. This is a, apparently a trend for the next couple of weeks. There's like three movie releases almost every Friday for the next couple of weeks. Um, with at least one that I want to see, and then one that I'm okay with or curious about, and one I don't want to see. Mm. Mm, this week's kind of different. I actually kind of, I don't know if I want to see all of these, but I'm probably going to. So let's start with the, the curveball, the comedy in the group. Is that, it sound like you are about to say something.
1: No, that's fine. I'm, okay. it's, I was trying to remember what it's called. It's Fist Fight.
0: It originally was called Teacher Fight. And oh. they changed the name at some point. I don't know exactly when it was transitioning, but the first time I saw a trailer for this a few months ago, it was Teacher Fight. Um, and then I was like, Teacher Fight? That's interesting. I'm a teacher. Uh, it stars Charlie Day and Ice Cube. Um, and I don't know. This is a, I watched the Red Band trailer today. Did you end up watching the one I sent?
1: I didn't see that you sent one
0: i sent it on the chat before i even found out about the star wars thing but you were at work so dang it um the red band trailer uh you know you know what red band trailers are right
1: yeah. i watched at least one of the ones that i watched today though was a red band so maybe it was
0: okay well one. i've only seen one red band uh released for it, so probably but red band trailers through those not in the know um are unedited as far as, like, content and language and and whatnot. So um, they can show anything, and it's, for raunchy comedies, it's generally how you want to see the trailer because it gives you a better idea of what the film is going to be versus, like, a TV edit or a a normal green band trailer which is edited for, you know, all audiences, uh, or at least general audiences. You know, they're going to show maybe in an R movie, but they're not going to show nudity. They will not use the big curse words um, in a green band. But in a red band, anything goes. And man, anything goes in this trailer. Um it's uh directed by Richie Keen, who has directed some Always Sunny, um Always Sunny in Philadelphia, for those not listening to that or watching that. Goldberg's a lot of T V. Um in fact it looks like only TV. So this will be his first feature, it looks like. Yeah. Everything I'm seeing on here is T V New Girl in episode. Ugh. Well, that's, a lot of directors get their start in TV, um, you know, earn their, their chops, and then get the movie option, so it looks like this will be his first feature film. Uh, what did you think of Fist Fight, Corey?
1: Okay, so I'm pretty sure this was a, the Red Band one, because it was pretty raunchy. Um, there were some parts of the trailer that were really funny, and then there were parts that I thought were just trying way too hard. Um, I I probably will not be seeing this one. Probably not at all. Definitely not in the theater. Um, I did kind of die when I think she's a guidance counselor says that you watch these kids grow up and then they're just eighteen and then you can sleep with them. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> totally caught me off guard.
0: <laughs> well, Charlie Day is. It's funny because he's playing. Um, I'm a. I like Charlie Day in the right role. Um, I have you, are you. Have you ever watched Always Sunny in, in Philadelphia?
1: I tried a long time ago.
0: I one of my friends, uh, who I talked about a lot on the podcast. I never use his name, but he's a um, big fan of that show. And he kind of he he's he convinced me. He's like, "Let me show you three episodes. They're just random. They're not in any order, but I want to show you three episodes that'll make you want to watch the rest." And he was right. It, it made me watch uh, many seasons. Um, it's definitely one of those things where you hate all the characters and yet find them amusing. You know, none of them are, are redeemable. They're not good people uh you just kind of enjoy watching them be awful and uh it's super funny and Charlie Day is generally relatively the the one that I laugh at the most um I can't remember the, what the name is but there's an episode where he uh him and and uh Mac get a job at like an office and he ends up in the mail room and he goes crazy and it's it's hilarious because you, you don't know he's crazy throughout the episode but by the end the stuff he's spouting it's pretty it's pretty nuts but um it's him and Ice Cube, and uh, you know they well, they're coworkers at a school. The Red Band gives a little more about the story. Um, they uh, Ice Cube gets fed up with the crappy students, and you see a lot more of the students in the in the Red Band trailer than you do in the Green Bands, and um, decides to like act against them. And Charlie Day turns him in. He gets fired, and then he wants to fight Charlie Day, and that's your your premise of the of the title Fist Fight is. You have two teachers who are going to meet after school to fight. Charlie Day does not want to. Ice Cube does, and then you have all that chaos in between. Um, it it looks like it could be funny, but it, it does look like it's trying too hard. That was my thought as well. It, as, at least in the red band trailer, it was. You know, there was um, a part where a kid like puts a porno on in the classroom. Yeah, and um, there was some other like oh they they mow a. a penis onto the football field and it's just stuff like that. And Tracy Morgan's in it. Um and the girl, I always forget her name, but she was in twenty two Jump Street. Um she was in uh the Seth Rogan Christmas film. Um oh man, I'm gonna forget it, what it's called. Uh with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, I know what's the John... night the night before, I think is what it's called. um mm-hmm, I think
1: so. Where
0: why is she the I M D B cast list for this film is very randomly organized like it's it doesn't even a couple of characters don't have names yet oh oh there it is Jillian Bell that's her name I always forget her name but uh Camille and Johnny's in it and I'm a huge fan of Camille um he's on uh Silicon Valley and um he's on a bunch of stuff he, he cameos on a lot of shows and um regular on Douglas movies so I'm a huge fan of uh Camille and um so there's funny people in this movie but you know, I definitely have low expectations. Um,
1: well, there's that part too, where he's like, what does he have? One of them, he's holding an ax and the other teacher's like, well, aren't you going to do anything? He's holding an ax to the cops that are there. And he, and then ice cubes like what F the police. And I'm just like, guys, yeah, guys,
0: we get the NWA on. reference. I mean, come on. Yeah. But uh, the secure, the cop there is Camille on Johnny, by the way, in that scene. So if you didn't know who that was, that's the guy. <laughs> um i'm a fan of him he he again he shows up on a lot of stuff usually small parts um he has a fairly prominent part in hello my name is doris though as one of her coworkers um from last year uh the movie that brendan my and favorite I loved movie and cory hated um all right so Fist Fight, <laughs> i'm gonna probably see it um if but it's not a priority if i can't get to it i will wait till it comes out on blu-ray or hbo or whatever um and you are not interested enough to go see it right mm, no And then let's talk about, uh, the. I think, the big curveball of next week as far as um, it looks awful yet, and that's uh, The Mm. Great Wall. Um, Oh. Oh, no, no. We're going to save that one for last because I know you want to see it. Uh, (laughs) The Great Wall, starring Matt Damon, um, is a (laughs) spectacle, to say the least. Um, I don't know what else (laughs) to call this movie. It looks absolutely ridiculous. I am I'm definitely going to see this movie, though. Uh, Willem Dafoe's in it, who I'm always on board to see what kind of crazy nonsense he's up to. Um, and it's weird because it's a movie about the Great Wall in China, and why it was really built was not to keep out the Mongolians, but in fact to f- keep out the dragons. Um, what did you think of this trailer, Corey?
1: I don't have any words. I just don't have any words.
0: <laughs> it it's set in ancient China. Um there's a war between humans and dragons and for some reason uh, Matt Damon is going to be the white savior of this movie who shows up and is arrested for being accused as a thief but then wants to fight with them to to fight the dragons and there's this whole like noble like voiceover you hear him saying like I fought wars for these stupid things and now I want to fight for something that I believe in. It's like okay? I guess like but there's a part where i really think it loses like cause I, i'm intrigued you know i'm fine i like fantasy i i can go with this but Same. There's, there's a scene where you see like this really wide shot of all the dragons that are trying to climb up the wall and it's reminiscent of world war z and the zombies climbing up the wall where there's just way too many dragons where i don't buy that the people can survive like there's too many dragons and they're not the best looking dragons either. Like, they're not flying dragons. These are these are more like giant lizards, um, like Komodo dragons, but massive.
1: I wish, because now this is a, at least the third movie we have World War Z. This, that was the one thing I did not like about Train to Busan. And now this movie, and I'm so tired of that effect. What is that? What is it?
0: Well, I thought it looked way better in Train to Busan than it did in World War Z. Um, but uh, the dragons, I yeah, I don't know why they felt the need to have so many. Like, i it you want it to feel insurmountable for sure, but at the same time, it has to be like at least plausible that they can survive because, you know, I don't know. It looks like it's going to be really awful. It has a forty-eight out of uh on Metacritic right now, out of only four reviews though, so that's very early. Um, but I don't expect it to get much better um, and uh yeah I, I I am gonna see it though um for two reasons one it it has dragons in it, and I am a fan of dragons and um I also get extra points for seeing it because it's a universal movie, <laughs> and that's uh. <laughs> I'm... i
1: love that that's like a selling point um i did i did have to look up how much the budget for this movie was because i knew <laughs> it was astronomical and an estimated an estimate given on imdb is 150 million dollars
0: that's yeah that's not surprising given the amount of effects that that movie is going to have and the promotional budget is it it's Word. not. It's not getting overly promoted, but it's definitely getting a lot of uh, promotion. Um, it's a Universal picture, and uh, yeah, it, it looks it looks silly, but it, it could be fun. That's all I'm really hoping for. I'm not expecting any kind of revolutionary film or story. If it's compelling and the action's okay and the the effects are all right, I'll be happy enough with it. Like it won't. It'll be like a decent watch. I'm just hoping it's not a void like the plague, but it definitely could be.
1: Um, we'll take anything as long as it's not a void like the plague.
0: But let's get into uh, "Cure for Wellness," um, which is the third movie coming out and the one Corey is most excited about. Corey, talk about this movie.
1: I have been so excited for this film, um, and surprisingly, I'm still very intrigued because I feel like we have gotten so many trailers, so many. I think that I saw that there might have been a Super Bowl spot or something for this film. I didn't have time to watch it. But um, a lot of times when I see this many trailers, I feel like they're giving away way too much. But somehow they're still keeping it really, you know. Um, I love Dane DeHaan. No big surprise there. Um I also, so I watched a new trailer tonight that I hadn't seen yet mm-hmm. and I loved at the end where it <laughs> makes it look like a .gov website you can go to. Mm. It's like here for the wellness gov blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that is so awesome. Um, I don't really, I think it's going to be different than movies we've had before, which makes me really excited about it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I will see this one may, probably opening weekend.
0: Well, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the director. They uh, they marketed him pretty hard in the commercial. You know, Gore, the visionary Gore Verbinski or whatever. Verbinski. <gasps> um, uh, Verbinski. I know that name. Oh, well, you should, Corey, because he's, he's made, uh, directed some such classics as, well, The Ring. Um, who can forget 2001's The Mexican with Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts? Neither of which are Mexican. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, right? The Weatherman with Nicolas Cage. And uh, the the loved, beloved Lone Ranger from 2013 um, with Johnny Depp yet again. He also did correct uh, direct the other two Pirates uh, trilogy movies. So yeah um
1: Mm.
0: let's look a little more into this okay do you know how long this movie is
1: i have a feeling it's gonna be like two and i think it's like two and a half hours is that correct
0: that is two hours and 26 minutes to be exact according to imdb so long long and it's listed as a mystery thriller um
1: oh my god give me some atmosphere
0: and uh we're Metacritic right now with 13 reviews. It's sitting at a even 50. (sighs) So meaning it's probably pretty polarizing. Um, the lowest score right now is 25 and, um, I'm thinking I'm going to fall into that area. Uh, I've heard a lot of my students are really excited about this movie for some reason. Like, I don't know what it is that's so appealing to them. Um, Like, the first trailer, I felt like it didn't really give us anything. It was very much a teaser. And at this point, I do feel like they're giving a lot away, but at the same time, it's a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. So, you know, maybe they're not giving that much away at all, but that feels really long, like, right away. Like, two-and-a-half hours, like, you can't tell this story. Like, how long do you need to tell the story of this dude trying to find this other dude getting, you know, locked into this very, you know, crazy-looking situation? There's some allusions to... A history at this place but it happened hundreds of years Ago or something like that I, I think it's going to be a convoluted nightmare That's what I'm expecting It might be well acted It might have some really great atmosphere like you said But I, I'm mm, I mean he, Gore Verbinski has not done a film since Lone Ranger And I'm surprised he's doing another film Honestly because Lone Ranger was hated Like reviled uh, So You know I don't know I, I don't want it to be bad that's, that''s not what I'm saying, but like the visuals look really interesting. It's got a period piece type vibe to it, but
1: which kind of makes me kind of makes me think of Shutter Island.
0: Yes, uh, it definitely seems to be pulling some of the same uh, um, look of Shutter Island, which might just be the the shared mental institution of this time period. Um, and I'm not sure it's set in the exact same time, but it it definitely has a similar look.
1: Well, I'm gonna go see it, and I hope that I like it a lot. Mm.
0: I hope you write a review for it because you've been slacking. So
1: I know I was just when you were like blah 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 talking about going to these screenings. I was gonna be like, well, it's settled. I'm dropping out of school. I'll write more. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was a thought, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I do a lot, so I feel like it's it's doable, but um. I'm I'm starting to just groom my students to write reviews, so when they graduate, I'll just recruit them right into the site. Yes. (laughs) um, But Make it seem
1: like an assignment.
0: That's what's coming out next week, uh, February 17th, those three films. Um, Of the three, I don't think any of them are going to be excellent. Um, I think Cure for Wellness will probably be the most film-like movie. I'm hoping uh, Great Wall will be the most fun, but who knows it might end up being that fist fight is the best movie of the weekend uh probably not so let's get into our review of the week um our film club view of the week and it's Coraline, a movie that Corey has never seen um but it is directed by uh henry selick who also directed nightmare before christmas a movie Corey loves that's right So why had you not seen this movie until now?
1: Um, You know, when it came out, I couldn't believe it was in 2009. Um, I feel like I'm getting really old because time is going by so fast. But I wanted to see it in theaters, and I missed it, and then it just got lost along the way.
0: Yeah, I I totally understand that. and um, I didn't see this movie until last year, Um, but I, I don't... I don't know why I don't maybe Taylor was very young. She was five when this came out. So it might have been that it was like cartoonish and I didn't want to like it looked like it might be too scary. So just didn't watch it at all for that reason. Maybe I'm not a hundred percent, but uh, definitely Coraline's a movie filled with misconceptions. Most people think this is a Tim Burton movie um, because Tim Burton is so highly attached to Nightmare Before Christmas. Most people think Tim Burton directed Nightmare Before Christmas, but no, that's Henry Selleck. And I think the art style is similar. Not exact, but similar. Um, And that's Selleck's doing, because Selleck had a lot to do with the art production of this film. Um, And I'm sure he had a lot to do with the adaptation of uh, Burton's ideas for Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, So there is some similarities, but... Much fewer than I think people assumed, especially because I'm definitely on that camp. When it came out, I assumed it was a Tim Burton film Um, because I had always thought of Nightmare Before Christmas, as it does say, Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas on the title. But uh, it is he wrote it, didn't direct it. But um, I watched this last year for the first time and I admitted on the last episode that I did not give it my full attention. So I made it a huge effort tonight to give it 100% of my attention. Um, you know, I put my phone down. I was writing notes about the film, um, so that's the only thing that my eyes were taken off of the screen for was to, to look down at my paper, but I tried to, you know, look up and down as I was watching it to keep my, uh, to keep focus. Um, the film stars Dakota Fanning, Terry Hatcher, Ian McShane, um, and some other people. I'm about to pull their names up. Uh, those are the names that I pulled off the opening credits that, like, stood out to me. Um Dakota Fanning, you a fan?
1: I actually am.
0: I think I like Elle better.
1: Oh, I was I'm getting the mixed up. But I do like Dakota Fanning, but I do like Elle better.
0: Yeah, I I feel like Elle um now I have to admit I haven't seen a lot of Dakota's movies. Um and this one, you know, she's a voice actor, which she does a great job. Like I'm not in, I have no complaints about her her voice acting. Um I I think I might have seen more with Elle in it though for some reason. Like I did see Maleficent, which I thought was a nightmare, Um, but I really liked, even though I didn't love Neon Demon, I really liked her in Neon Demon, Um, but I like Jenna Malone more, but Jenna Jenna Malone has a scene in Neon Demon that really freaked me out. Um, Terry Hatcher, as I said, I'm a fan of, uh, kind of, I'm not like a fan, That's, that's too much of an overstatement. When I was a kid, I watched Lois and Clark, and she was Lois, so I liked her from that pretty much everything else I think that she's done I've never seen so it was like oh look Terry Hatcher um Keith David is the voice of the cat who uh pops up in a bunch of stuff and I usually like him John Hodgman is uh the father who is a um comedian that I'm a fan of um Robert Bailey Jr. plays Wyborn or YB YB born yeah and uh you know it's when I was reading a, a, another review um after watching the movie and they called him Whitey. And I was like, uh, I don't think his name what? is Whitey. <laughs> and then I went and, like, I had to double check myself. I'm like, no, it's Whitey. What the crap person who wrote this? Um, Fact check yourself. But uh, I I mentioned, before we get into our review, I mentioned that uh, in my review last year I had a negative comment. A very aggressively negative comment um, about some of my comments in the film. And it was from a guy I have met one time. And I don't know if he's listening to this. He might be because apparently he was reading my blog at some point. So, if he is, uh, you got mad at me, sir, because I compared this movie to Alice in Wonderland. Now, Corey, do you see anything that's or resembles Alice in Wonderland in the Coraline movie?
1: Oh my gosh, I haven't seen Alice in Wonderland in a while, but but um, you know
0: the story. I don't mean so and well, I'm not well.
1: Um what does alice fall down
0: a a rabbit hole to be fair but
1: but still i I don't know that kind of reminded me um oh my gosh i would have to think more i wasn't expecting this question oh Uh,
0: well i I assume because i know you're a big fan of the lord now i am not talking specifically about tim burton's alice in wonderland which i do think he thought i was because i did reference mm. tim burton at least once or twice in the review which he definitely took offense to um and he's clearly a big Coraline fan, so I, I get that. When you're a fan of something, you you cherish it. And anybody who says anything negative or anything that you don't agree with, you're gonna probably lash out. I get okay, fine, but um, I, I'm so I, I mentioned that I'm looking at reviews, right? Like I go reading reviews, and I came across uh, Entertainment Weekly review of Coraline, and uh, this is the paragraph from the review: The story is familiar to those who have read Guyman's award-winning 2002 book which is the Coraline book, um, and appeals to all who previously followed Alice down a rabbit hole or step with Lucy through a closet door to visit Narnia. That is the Entertainment Weekly review of Coraline, which is minus the Narnia reference, because I didn't connect it to Narnia, because I wasn't thinking about Narnia. Um, I was thinking about Alice in Wonderland, and truth be told, maybe it was because of Tim Burton. But the one of the last things I say in my review is if you are a fan of Alice in Wonderland, you might like this movie, and he lost his mind that I mentioned Alice in Wonderland, and I'm like, second review I read, I read of Coraline has a hundred percent rating on Metacritic. It says almost word for word what I said, and I'm like, are you, are you kidding? Well,
1: it's also she does go and Coraline, she goes through that door.
0: She follows and... an animal through the door, like yes. Alice follows the rabbit into the rabbit hole.
1: Um, it was a mouse in Coraline, right?
0: Yeah, it was a mouse. Uh, well, okay. it was a mouse from her perspective but later we find out it's a rat
1: damn rats um and then it's and she goes to a fantasy like an alternate fantasy world i don't know i don't know why people get upset about the things that they do um sometimes yeah but I I hadn't read that until after our last podcast, and I was kind of surprised I would never attack someone who... You know what I mean? I don't know.
0: I think his opening words, the thing that really got me was that it wasn't just that he disagreed with me. I'm fine with you not agreeing with me. And again, I admittedly didn't give it 100% of my attention. Yeah. But he was like, this is by far the worst review I've ever read or something like that. And I'm like, wow. Really? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know, man. If you decide to masturbate to Coraline that's your business but don't get offended if someone doesn't agree with you how great it is because it, it to be honest second viewing I'm not gonna give my overall rating I did like it more the second time I still don't see what all the fuss is about I don't know why it's so beloved by so many people
1: I'm gonna go out there and say that I agree I um I i think it's interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure that our friend thought that I was gonna love this. Mm-hmm. I
0: I thought you might love it. I
1: thought I always think it's interesting when people think that I'm gonna love something because I I wonder what it is about me that makes people think those things sometimes. Not that they're like, not that you guys are always wrong, but there's oh, something yeah. obviously in this that's popping out as a like a. There, this is a query film, and I just want to know why I'm not like well, mad, mad about it. Let's but.
0: let's talk about the film overall, and then we'll kind of get into like going through the di- various parts, but. <clears throat> I want to talk first. Like a Studio, um, I, I actually really like Like a Studio. Though I still have not seen Box Trolls. but oh, I, you're I've, gonna love it. But I've seen the other three movies that they've done. I love Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, Paranorman, I actually like more than Coraline.
1: I haven't seen that one. That's the one I haven't seen of theirs.
0: And um, I like it more because because what I feel is lacking in Coraline is a super compelling story for me. And that is strictly my opinion, and I understand if other people connect more to this. I don't think it's a bad story in any by any means. I just think it's a normal story. Um, It's very predictable. It's exactly what I expected to happen the whole movie through, like the whole way through. Um, Agreed. Nothing nothing really throws a curveball. Not that a movie has to, but you know, it 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 also it feels kind of long at times
1: okay so i know that you know this because you've known me for 27 years but my mind it's like a row of dominoes so i'm all over the place when i'm talking about something and i know that that's going to be the way it is when we talk about these movies but i totally agree it felt really long
0: and that's not again it's not an insult to the filmmaking it's not saying that it's poorly made um and that's actually what i wanted to start with instead and I, i ended up going negative um I want to start with the positive. I think the film is gorgeous. Like, the art style is impressive. Laika's claymation is amazing. Um, the the colors of the real world versus the, other, I'm going to call the other world, given that they're the other parents. Um, absolutely gorgeous.
1: And with their claymation, too, like, sometimes when you watch claymation, it is a, I don't feel like this is the right word, but it seems kind of rickety. Like, it.
0: That's a good word. I can see what you mean. Uh, You know what I mean? They're jerky. They're not, it's not smooth. It's not as smooth as like a hand-drawn animation.
1: Yeah, and of the three films, you know, of theirs, you know, I don't feel that way. I feel like theirs is very seamless. It, you know, it flows very well. It's not like, oh, I'm watching a Claymation movie. Let's give them a minute to
0: and they do some amazing things my i mean kubo i think is the the height of what they can do it's a hybrid cg and claymation film but predominantly most of the stuff that you think is amazing in in kubo is claymation it's not computer generated but um like in this film there's a part where uh she writes leaky windows on a little piece of paper and then a drop of water hits the paper and you can tell it's real paper because the way the water moves on the paper and stuff it's a it's it's painstakingly perfect animation and I I acknowledge that and if that's why you love the movie okay that's not enough for me I, again I don't hate this movie and I'm not it's gonna get a positive rating at the end of this but it is definitely on my list as an overhyped film because it may have been revolutionary at the time it came out compared to other claymation films. And maybe I'm jaded because I waited so long to see it, but
1: and we have been hearing about it for eight years now, but correct. Um, I, I totally agree.
0: Yeah. And that maybe if we'd been, you know, opening day, we'd have different opinion. Um, maybe if we were younger, we'd have a different opinion. Um, maybe if we'd read the book, we'd have a different opinion. And Neil Gaiman, I, I'm I actually watched some of the special features on the Blu-ray, um, to see if there was anything that would make it, make, like maybe I I'm thinking uh, maybe I'm looking at this film too surface level, you know, like maybe I'm not give I'm not diving deep enough or I'm not connecting with some symbolism or something to really make me appreciate what the film is doing, and mm-hmm. so I was looking for something to like. You know, pull me in and be like, oh my god, that's what it is. I just wasn't thinking like that or whatever. And the only thing I could find from other people's reviews and, and analysis was a mind control thing and one freaked me out because what I was reading was like... What? Yeah, like, well, okay, the, the witch or other mother. Oh, okay. Let's stop. Spoilers. Um,
1: uh, oh, we... You should just know that going into this. We already told you guys to watch the movie, but... Um, yeah. I have... Uh, i don't want to like jump ahead of you but i'm a little confused on what other mother is was she a spider robot
0: <laughs> valid point um in fact some of the things that i read i kind of felt like were major jumps and conclusions um like one person said uh, one person wrote that she steals okay wait just i got i feel like we have to be more pres- spoiler warning we are gonna spoil Coraline if you haven't watched it Uh, don't listen to this podcast unless you don't care about spoilers because we're going to talk about the whole movie and we do jump around. We're, we're not, Brandon kept us kind of organized last week. Um, that's not my style and I'm glad, uh, (laughs) Um, and we're not, we're not necessarily trying to give you a play by play. Um, I did, I literally wrote notes for every, I have four pages of notes from this movie which trying to keep things chronological. Um, so that we could go in order, but, you know, I don't know, it's an eight-year-old movie, I think we're really wanting to talk about our thoughts on it, what we liked, what we didn't, and I don't need to go necessarily play-by-play, uh, for this film. I think some films, it helps, and I, like, with The Handmaiden, that story is a mystery, and jumping ahead screws that up. There's, there's not really a mystery here, I, I, definitely don't feel like there's any kind of mystery, um, again, I felt like it was pretty predictable when she shows up in the other world and they have button eyes that something was amiss. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like... like yeah. this, is not, this is not okay. Um, even when YB... Uh,
1: oh, creepy. Also, by the way, button eyes.
0: Creepy. Mm, very much. Because are dead doll eyes, right? Um, <gasps> but, so, the review I read uh, claimed they called her a witch. They called Other Mother a witch. And claim that uh she she steals the children's eyes so that she can stay young now i think that's a big jump in conclusion we know that the kids say she stole our lives but that's it um and stole our lives i took as in they're dead and she smothered them or whatever but not necessarily to stay young because from what we can tell she has robot hands yeah, thank you. Or at least needle hands. Um,
1: They're spider robot hands.
0: <laughs> so I don't know that like she needs to stay young, um, and she seems to be able to shape shift. So I don't know, like, if is she staying immortal? Like maybe okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean,
1: I mean, given given the time period. Okay, obviously this. She's been doing this for a long time. We can tell by the other children's dress, you know, the way they're dressed. We it seems like it's been happening over the whole one hundred and fifty years that the house has been there. Yep. You know, so like I just think that she's immortal. I mean, maybe that's where they think she's a witch, you know? Yeah, I feel like, Um, you know.
0: And I guess to some degree she does cast like spells as in like the doll. Um, can, she can see the real world through the doll's eyes, um, mm-hmm. that she makes look like the person she's trying to capture or whatever. Um, but there's definitely, they use the word weave to imply that she like weave, like her web's un, undoing or whatever, um, in references to the world that the other world and like it starts unraveling. Um, there's a lot of these idea of her like creating a web, essentially a web of lies even. And so I think the spider, which there's blatant visuals of her as a spider, Uh, the web is literally there, Coraline's in the web, Um, she has more of a spider look there than she does anywhere else, so I definitely think Spider Woman is more appropriate than Witch, but...
1: I did love that scene of the web, Mm. and how Coraline was crawling up it, and then she could sense it, because she had lost her eyes at that point, but um, that she could sense it like a spider would. I thought that was interesting how they pulled that into the story.
0: Yeah, I, I did too. Um, You know, I, I like a lot about this movie. I uh, You know, um, as we mentioned, it's it's very pretty. Uh, ultimately, the story seems to boil down to uh, a girl This has just moved to a new place with her mom and dad, um, the Pink Palace Apartments, and she's not happy about any of the change. She's sad about her friends being gone. Um which if that's the story, if the story is her dealing with the move and trying to deal with like the emotions of a move, inside out is a better movie. If that's oh, the, if that's the story you want to hear. Now, that's not the whole story, right? Because there's a whole other world to to get into, but if that's the main story, if that's the main, you know, conflict is her Adjusting and maybe the other world is the representation of doing things the wrong way. You know, if we're talking, if Coraline is a rite of passage film and she arrives in the new location, she tries to do things the right way, but gets nowhere. Everything, you know, her family is neglecting her to a degree, which they're working. So it's hard to say they're neglecting, but there's definitely some signs of them not being the best most attentive parents.
1: I didn't like some of the things that her mother said to her at all. Mm. I don't have time for you. Who says that?
0: Yeah, it's very, it's very straightforward. Uh, like rather than being like w- letting the audience interpret the problem, they do straight up say it, but that might be for accessibility. Um, Cause the film, while it's dark in tone at times, it definitely seems like it's a family friend, a family overall movie. Like adults can like it. Kids can like it. Um, definitely a little you know could easily lead to some nightmares um but if that's the reason okay if not then it's just weak dialogue um because like you said it is it's it's she she could have said almost anything else as opposed to the literal thing that we would have observed ob- observed like, you know
1: i can't do so and so with you right now i'm really busy you know it's yeah. I'm not a writer, and I just came up with that, guys.
0: Yeah, on the fly. Um, Boom. It is. Uh, it, it's, and that's kind of throughout the film. And then other mother when Coraline um ends up going to this through this little door, following an animal, much like Alice in Wonderland, arriving in a new world that seems happy and great. Um, but there's dangers ahead. Uh, she sees her other mother, which looks uh prettier, happier, friendlier but has button eyes, as we mentioned, and so does her father, and so does everyone else that she meets in the other world. They all have button eyes. Um, but initially, it seems perfect. It seems so much better than her her world. Like Their dinner l- looks so disgusting that they have in the real world, like Coraline's parents make this weird like vegetable casserole looking thing it's there
1: were onions in it it, somewhere it looked
0: gross (laughs) right and yeah so she arrives at the other the other world and they have this amazing like it looks like a thanksgiving dinner but it's a chicken instead of a turkey
1: and even like the the how their house anyway like aesthetically it has like furniture and decorations and you know it's Homey, as opposed mm-hmm. to her real home, which is very barren. They haven't even unpacked yet. Their kitchen only has, like, it looks like an unfolding table and two chairs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I thought they did a really good job with that.
0: They did. It, again, the the production is amazing. Like this film nails it all across the board in production. It looks great. The animation's great. Um, the voice acting strong. Uh, some of the dialogue is weak at points. Um, but again, let's assume that's for assessi- accessibility. Ah, accessibility so that you know all ages can follow the story um but Coraline you know she she doesn't wish to be away from her parents or anything like that she ends up in this other world and when she's enjoying it but she, there, she goes to sleep and we dissolve to her waking up in her other room her, her real room which as Corey pointed out is nowhere near as nice looking um like she has a four-post bed and, and in the other world it has like the, the decorations on it and everything else and when she awakes there, it's it's gone. And she doesn't even have a sheet on the bed, which I didn't notice the first time I watched it. She's got like I a, didn't notice
1: that.
0: And she's got a blanket only. There's no sheets on the bed. Um,
1: That's because, like the most depressing thing ever.
0: Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It, we do get a hint that they're financially struggling because they're they're writers, but they're writers for a catalog, so they write like the descriptions of the plants for the catalog, um, and apparently everything was riding on the success of this catalog. So. They were definitely struggling for money. Um, we see at one point the mom says, "Do you want a ketchup, mustard, and salsa wrap for lunch?" Um, because that they have condiments and tortillas. That's all they got in the house, and uh, so we get the idea that they're they're struggling a little bit. And the other world, definitely not the case. They're they're um, they look like they have a much better situation going on, um, but. So that happens a couple t- every night she ends up going into the other world and I think it's on the third night that uh other mother tries to keep her there and, and encourages her to give her her eyes and let her sew button eyes on her which is when Coraline's like nope got to get out of here something's wrong. Bye. And uh that part's you know there's some really g- great visuals um one of the craziest things was uh she has two, uh, well, three neighbors, technically speaking, but in the apartment, there's two neighbors. There's an upstairs, uh, Mr. B, or Mr., um, I forgot his, Babinski, yeah, Babinski, yep. um, who is in the r- real world, looks kind of scraggly, his mustache is scraggly, it's, like, you know, sprawled out, you see his armpit hair as well, got a big gut, and he's wearing, like, you know, a, a white tank top, and he's an acrobat of some kind, he's just, like, balancing on the roof and flopping around. Um, I was impressed. But, yeah. Yeah. And then when we meet his other world counterpart, she gets to see his Jumping Mice show, which is basically like a circus for mice, um, with, uh, quite possibly the best popcorn maker ever. Uh,
1: uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a chicken poop corn maker, uh, as I'm going to dub it, uh, as it eats corn off the corn cob, pops it in its stomach and then poops out the popcorn into a Ferris wheel of popcorn buckets. Um. Definitely one of the coolest uh, popcorn machines I've ever seen.
1: It's a Ferris wheel too.
0: Yeah, fair. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Did you say that? I think I did, but then I was like, "Crap!" Did I call it a merry-go-round? But I don't know. Um, know. Let's rewind and listen. Um, (laughs) But then there's the uh, candy, uh, cotton candy cannons, which, you know, okay.
1: I would really like one of those.
0: It, you know, if it just randomly shoots out cotton candy, that sounds pretty cool. But um, she enjoys that show. It's great, and you know, she's excited. (sighs) Uh, that show's cool, but... Then... That was
1: one of my favorite parts of the movie. Mm. I was like, yes!
0: Because of the jumping mice?
1: I just I just loved it. Um, So, when she goes to meet the neighbors, I love that they're, like... Uh, they're, like, over the top mm. of what they are in real life. Mm, yeah. And I like that they're they're kind of big like very i don't even know how to describe it but they're they're like it's exponential you know compared to in real life i guess
0: well they're definitely also like fancier um like he is uh, especially mr b's mustache is very trim he's wearing a nice like circus ringleader uh, suit um and he's not as creepy he kind of came off a little creepy in the real world um very friendly though in both and he even foreshadows uh, the mice told her not to uh, not to go through the door, um, he says, but he doesn't understand it, because everyone calls her Caroline. Like, nobody gets her name right in the real world, but everybody gets her name right in the other world. Um, so, you know, Caroline to Coraline, and uh, they don't listen to her very well in the real world. They listen to her better in the other world. Everything is better. The grass is always greener on the other side, right? That, that's a big theme throughout this, um, initially. But then the the very trite idea that no, it's not. It's never greener on the other side. It just seems greener because you're not there all the time. But once you find out, oh, actually, I want to be back where I, I belong. Um, and that is the kind of the arc of this film is that she doesn't appreciate what she has until it's gone, um, and then she desperately wants it back. Nothing wrong with that. It's a common. It's a common theme. It's it's fine. Again, it's just fine it's not it doesn't blow me away I'm not shocked I'm not like man when I saw Kubo I walked out of that theater feeling blown away for every reason I love the story's still simple Kubo is a simple story but the way the story was told I was really compelled I loved every little moment I loved all the animation I was blown away and I did see that in the theater and I don't know if that would have changed had I seen Coraline in the theater because I can't go back
1: I do feel like I feel like so often that your initial viewing of a movie just sets you up for how you're going to feel about that movie going forward.
0: Definitely Ken. Without question. And I try not to allow anything else to uh, influence that. But, you know, you can't control all those factors. We don't live in a vacuum. We live in the real world. And sometimes maybe I wasn't in the mood to watch it the first time. I don't know. I know I definitely wasn't giving it my full attention. Um, I did this time and I did enjoy it more. I would do want to say that I I'm, I it sounds like I'm coming down on this like it's a bad movie and that is not what I'm saying. Um, I do whenever I feel like I am giving a contrarian point of view, I do get a little aggressive with it um, which if you hear if you've heard me talk about don't breathe, it sounds like I gave it the Avoid Like the Play rating like Corey did. That was me. Yeah, I gave it a decent watch. And I still feel like I actually think it could even be not quite golden because it is a <laughs> well-executed film. I don't enjoy that film. I didn't enjoy watching it. I didn't enjoy the story. I was That's like...
1: It's you know, like the second rating. I don't understand.
0: Well, you know, I, I know. I know. But as far like structurally, there's nothing wrong with... Well, actually, there is something wrong with the plot structure. But, you know, the film's well-made. It's not a bad film as far as, like, the camera work is good and the production is good. But that's not enough for me to just say it's a great film. And so many people were just so high on that movie, I felt like I had to just talk about the negative because everyone else was talking about the positive. And that's kind of where I'm at with Coraline. I've heard so many people just rave about it. And I'm like, okay, why? Like, I want to know why. Because there are much... like. There are like when you look at like Zootopia from this year Zootopia hits so many levels and it has so many different layers that you can peel back and see all this different meaning. I don't there maybe Coraline does and I'm not seeing it. That is definitely possible. And I looked for that and I didn't see anything to prove that to me. I didn't see, you know, like movies with Mikey, a YouTube channel that I promote avidly because his insights on film are so interesting and provocative.
1: And will like make you like the movie more.
0: From my experience, even some of the bad movies he's reviewed, he still finds like ways to like talk about them in a deeper way. He hasn't done Coraline. That does he hasn't done a million movies. There, you know, he's only done so many. But I was hoping to find something like that with Coraline, and there's nothing. And I'm like, well, this movie is so there there are fan theories and stuff like that, but that's not I'm not looking for fan fiction. I'm looking for deep analysis with you know like with that sounds like the intent of the writer. And I haven't seen that. Again, not saying it doesn't exist. Maybe, listener, you have something. That's why we want you to tweet at us. Tell me what I'm not seeing. And I will look at it again through that lens. But from the lenses that I've looked at it, it's a very straightforward film. It's entertaining at times. Um, it's uh, sometimes a little long-winded. I will say uh, one thing I learned um, from the bl- the special features in the Blu-ray is the YB character is uh, a movie character. He's not in the book.
1: Oh, interesting. And
0: Neil Gaiman, um It was because it, it was interesting because uh, Neil Gaiman had um, Henry Selick look at the book before it had been published. So like they started planning the movie before the book was a success. Um, and Selick uh, adapted this. He did the screenplay adaptation. And when they asked Neil Gaiman about Wybie, he's like, "Oh, I perfectly understand why Wybie's there, but he didn't like say like he was happy with it either. Like he acknowledged that, oh, I get it.' They she you didn't want to have scenes in the movie where she's just standing around talking to herself.
1: I, well, maybe because I'm an adult, an adult, but I feel like that would have made it more interesting to me.
0: Like I don't dislike Wybie. Um, I think I don't either. But I think the scenes, particularly in the other world with other Wybie, are pretty powerful um and a little bit kind of sad because she likes the the yb who doesn't speak at all Uh, uh, way more than the yb who does
1: well in um okay i might be jumping ahead a little bit but when other mothers like i sewed his mouth shut because you seem to like it better when he doesn't talk or something or he annoys you when he talks or something but that's not why she really did it but yeah sad
0: yeah um it is uh you know, again, I don't see anything particularly deep. But going back, uh, we talked about the Mr. Bobinski. You love that scene. I like. I was so shocked the scene with the the sisters. Ah! Um, we meet the sisters in the real world. Uh, they have stuffed dogs. Um, that they have crocheted angel wings. I think crocheted, knitted angel wings, for Great. the stuffed dogs. Um, and they have I think three, but they have three current dogs, and I think they're uh, Irish setters. Is the that's what they, they look, look like? like scotty dogs scotty is, is that not irish setter is that not the same thing I,
1: probably is <laughs> yeah
0: i could be wrong i am not a dog expert uh my dogs are are mixed breeds and that's no what... not an irish setter um oh i was wrong then uh then scotty like yeah whatever i don't know dogs um they have three of those Coraline goes and talks to him um she's there to tell him tell them her dream uh, which she never does, um, which wasn't a dream either. But at the time, she thought she had a really great dream about uh, other mother, and um, they offer her taffy, which later has a plot point that still doesn't completely make sense. And or um, we're, uh, uh, we're
1: just gonna talk about this and unravel the movie even more for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of what this is. We're working, That's why we don't give our review till the end, because by the end of this, we may because, drop our reviews.
1: Yeah, and then like, okay, so they give that item to her and I'm like why is it in a numbered bowl why does it have a year and why are you giving it to her and then it does have a it has a very real reason but we don't really know why like if or how they knew or if they you know what I mean or mm-hmm. if they knew well there's, I don't know.
0: there's a lot of little things like that like we hear that YB's uh, grandmother um, had her sister went missing in the pink palace apartments and mm-hmm. uh, Coraline does rescue her in, at the end. like She rescues the three other children who had been uh, abducted by the other mother, and, um, like, the, I don't feel like there's real closure on that. Um, like, we we hear that it's her sister, but it doesn't play any effect. Like, it's not like the grandmother's mean to her, and then um, Coraline manages to make her, like, earn her respect. Like, it, it feels inconsequential that it's the woman's sister. Like...
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, okay. Another one of my—I feel like I'm jumping ahead. Um. Another one of my favorite scenes is with the three ghosts in that in the other room, mm-hmm. the other world room. I love that scene.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I love it. Do you love um visually or the story?
1: Um, I love it visually. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know we've already talked about this, but the glowing sheet the wet like the damp floors Mm -hmm. there's like newspaper on the floors um and then okay and also one of the ghosts looks just like shock from nightmare before christmas
0: oh i totally agree with that um that's one of the the trick-or-treater kids right
1: yeah yes yeah. the girl the girl i
0: totally 100 percent agree with that i, I when i saw it was like that really almost resembles the trick-or-treaters like collectively but specifically the yeah. one
1: and that's exactly what i was thinking but there were two girls and one boy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and as opposed to number two for boys. Christmas. yeah yeah but definitely spot on looks just like that
0: now um picture. but bringing the point there's three ghosts we have a reference that one of the 3 is the the grandmother's sister. What about the other two? If you're going to introduce that one of them is connected, why not connect that, the other two?
1: There were so many interesting there were so many interesting things about this movie that they could have filled like that dead time with that I don't understand why they didn't because I totally agree.
0: Yeah. Now and oh no no, no. I want go ahead.
1: I want to know why other mother took them. Was she trying to get them to love her, and then that didn't work out, so she just kept, like, kidnapping children? Um, And now that's why she's on Coraline, Coraline, and she's hoping it's going to work out with her. How does she, like, choose these children? And it's made very clear at the beginning of the movie that she doesn't rent out these apartments to children. I was about
0: to bring that up. Why tell us that if you're not going to explain why Coraline was the exception?
1: I know, they never did. and it's like um, YB isn't even allowed in the house.
0: because the grandmother's so paranoid about it. So why did the gra- is the grandmother in on it? Is she the witch? Like that's what you're expecting a twist like that and it never ever comes to anything.
1: Many unexplained things. Which
0: again, now put into perspective, YB's not a character in the book Word. Does Coraline ever hear any of that? that th- kids aren't allowed to live there did she ever hear that because that would make the movie better to be honest if it didn't happen if she didn't hear about that because again it it has no bearing on anything else in the movie just that oh there's danger and that's all it tells you is that there's danger in the house that's it but
1: and i under i like, like i get it that it's kids being kidnapped i don't know I, they just left so many things
0: but it's unnecessary foreshadowing because
1: yeah And I felt like they did that way too much. I felt like, and I understand children, blah, 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 kids movie, you know, and making it accessible. But I don't really, I can't think of any, and I don't watch a lot of kids movies or movies that would appeal to that audience. But I felt like they just put way too much out there, like way too blatantly obvious.
0: Yeah, I I can agree with that. Um, Again, art style beautiful production beautiful but i don't know that this was a i i know i haven't read the book and i kind of want to now to be honest because Same. um but there's a there's a 30 minute youtube video where it compares the book and the movie and i don't know i haven't started it so i don't know if it's going to be a well done comparison or how they're going to structure it i am intrigued though because i want to know if maybe the story in the book resonates better because there isn't a Feeling of needing to keep it like kid friendly because the book it's Neil Gaiman who I've not I don't believe I've read any of his work but um, he is also the creator of the Sandman comic book franchise uh, that Joseph Gordon Levitt was a- actively trying to make a film franchise but eventually did drop from the project um but I haven't read those but I I have friends who have and it's a beloved comic book fr- uh, series and so I'm I was even more compelled when I when I realized he wrote Coraline I'm like oh that's interesting. Um, and maybe maybe it's Henry Selleck's adaptation that has these weaknesses. Maybe he adapted it to be more accessible for kids, where Guyman maybe w- wrote it, I don't know what like reading level it is, but let's assume it's a young adult book. Um, he's not going to necessarily write it to be more accessible for younger kids because he's not writing the words to be r- readable or legible, or what. not legible, legible's not the right word. Um, he's not writing it for that reading level, though he's writing it for a higher reading level, so... Maybe some of the things that were, we're nitpicking about the story like structure wouldn't be in the book and c- might make it more compelling because um, that's definitely one of the things that I have an issue with uh, throughout the film is like it just feels like there's a lot of stuff that either is too simple, too out there, or unnecessary. Like they, It doesn't pay off anywhere in the film. Um, in a way that is needed. So it just, it's fluff. It's, and again, when we were saying the film feels a little long and it is, it's only an hour and 40 minutes, but it feels like an hour, like I, every minute it's like, okay.
1: Oh, okay, well, so go ahead. And then I have something to say about that.
0: All right. Well, no, go ahead and, with that. Cause next, I was, I'm going to move into the, uh, the crazy, almost nudity sequences in this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
1: oh, yeah. Um, so I felt like at the beginning it was very slow and I underst- we it was very slow very slow and then at the end with her three tasks yeah to I felt to... like go ahead
0: oh, no no the I was just going to say to get the eyes um to recover the eyes of the kids
1: yeah those three tasks seemed so rushed
0: yeah by comparison like the that's the actual um where she has a purpose in the movie is to to escape i mean it, i i enjoy the journey for the most part because we see we meet B- babinski in the real world then we see his counterpart which is much nicer much better we meet the the sisters in the real world who are a little crazy a little zany they they are uh, reading her tea leaves. They have like this whole theatrical element about them. Their door knocker is the uh, the comedy and drama masks. I mean, very much in the theater. And then in the other world, we get to see them perform, and they're basically naked. One is one is naked, wearing pasties on her gigantic um, boobs, like
1: <laughs> yes, r-
0: and I well, glittery ones. Glittery. I mean, I don't know
1: if they're all glittery, but.
0: Well, but then they uh, they look the same. They look like the old ladies that we saw, but then we find out that the young versions of them are actually underneath the, uh, these costumes of them as old ladies, and uh, they're much more talented than they were initially demonstrating. Like, it was all an act. Um, it's a very cool scene. It's a uh, awesome sequence. Um,
1: I love the Sister in the Mermaid tale.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, uh, she's uh, there's some Greek mythology in that. She's telling the siren story from the Odyssey, um, you can even see like Odysseus tied to the, the mast of the ship in the background. And then um, the other sister is playing uh, Venus, the Roman goddess. Um, I guess may- it's possible it's Ulysses instead of uh, Odysseus because that's the Greek name. But um, she does refer to herself as Venus at some point instead of Aphrodite. So confirming that she is uh, – because if you're not familiar with the story of Aphrodite and Venus, she um, – uh, uranus was chopped up and thrown into the sea by zeus and that um him being chopped up creates from the sea foam aphrodite who is the goddess of love and beauty and um so she's in the clamshell which is how she's usually depicted uh, rising from the ocean and uh, like riding in a giant clam and that's what she's doing so there's this i don't know there doesn't appear to be a reason for the allusions to greek mythology other than just hey look greek mythology or roman mythology and that scene ends, uh, Coraline had a great time, okay, so, a little shocked that the woman was almost naked, even though nothing actually visible, but, you know, it is kid-friendly film, and then there's, like, bam, big old boobs, so, <laughs> um, get, but we, you were saying something about, uh, Oh, so all that plays out that way, so it's it's very long like we see the real world takes a few minutes we see the the other world we see the real world we see the other world, and then we get to the challenge where she has to to try to rescue her parents that have been kidnapped uh by the witch type thing, and um it does feel much it it goes we, super fast.
1: we knew that was gonna happen, yeah um also back to the beginning i do have a question the well why is she looking for the well at the beginning
0: yeah where she How does about she hear well? about it yeah
1: yeah i was like so i see the point of it
0: it does pay off like, later
1: but it okay i don't know
0: no i agree she gets a uh, a stick which she calls a dousing rod i thought it was a divining rod but she calls it a dousing rod. I'd seen that somewhere in other movies and stuff before. The idea that um, a stick can point you in the direction of water. I don't really understand if it's based on any kind of truth or whatnot.
1: I always thought my dad was just trying to trick me when he would do that. You know, he'd be like, you know, show me a stick. And he's like, oh, you can find water like this. I never found water, guys. <laughs> Maybe I was doing it wrong. But Oh, have you ever seen... The show pushing davy daisies
0: no but i've heard great things
1: i love it i love it so much i need to watch it again it only had two seasons mm-hmm. as so many wonderful shows did but there are two sisters in that show that um i was reminded of by these two sisters because they were also actresses and they were in um, I think they were in movies or plays or something too. And they would play parts kind of like these sisters are playing. Um, and I'm trying to like remember what year Pushing Daisies comes out, it came out, which I don't know. Oh, it was 2007. So I wonder if they got any like, cause I, you know, since I haven't read the book, I'm wondering mm-hmm. how much. Well, if...
0: I'm not sure. I
1: if they had any
0: influence i couldn't think of words um i'm not 100% but we get we get through that and uh, we rush through the end um which i mean it is it's the final battle so it actually makes sense if we're looking at like a Blake Snyder uh, beat sheet type of thing we are at the we're at the the final battle um her battle it's a battle of wits first that does evolve into a physical confrontation um, and we get to the resolution after she's escaped. Um, it's not over, of course. It can't be over. The hand, the metal hand that w- started our film off, follows into the real world and is trying to steal the key to the little door because there's only one key. Um, and Coraline is on her way to uh, dump the key in the well, which is, again, what I said, it pays off. We find the well only so it can be somewhere for her to dispose of the key. And uh, it's also the same place where she first uh, first met Wymy. excuse me, YB, And um, it, he, the way he she meets him, he rides down on a motorcycle or a bike that looks like a motorcycle, I don't know, dirt bike. He shows up again in the same fashion, helps save the day, almost falls into the well himself. And so again, a character that wasn't in the book plays a vital role at the end because without him, she probably doesn't. Make it. You know, she's probably taken back to the house, dragged back to the other world, done. In the movie, so I'm also curious how that and uh, uh, how the book ends. Does she do it on her own? Because what did 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 Henry Selick not feel that Coraline was strong enough to do it without Wybie?
1: I would be a little offended.
0: I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean because she's a girl. It could just mean that she's fighting something that it requires two people. But because ultimately. She, they do it together. like she's YB's about to fall in the well. She fights the hand off enough to give him time to get out of the well and smash it with a rock where they both then wrap it up and throw it into the well with the key, um, implying that she's now free. and we see the world is happier. everyone uh, they're they're making an effort to make this world, the real world, which is much gloomier, much darker, um, as pretty as the other world. They're planting tulips and they're trying to uh, be they're building a community versus everyone being locked in their own apartments. So happy ending. Yes. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about this movie. Is there anything uh, you want to jump in on?
1: Um. No. Well, apparently the book is written for eight to 12 year olds. So,
0: okay. So uh, it is. Uh, and it's 208
1: pages, at least the edition that I'm looking at
0: that's not too bad i might i might see if i can snag the audible uh audiobook um audible sponsor of this podcast but um i i i don't i i think my initial review for this movie when i saw it when i saw it last year i think i gave it a decent watch i'm leaning towards not quite golden um because i do think it's 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 good like there's a solid story it is not a bad story by any means. It is, um, I like Coraline. I think she's an interesting character. Um, I can re- I can relate to her to a degree. You know, the grass is greener. I can see totally why she falls into the the web uh, of you know she's dealing with it the wrong way. Her parents aren't being the parents she wants them to be. I, and as you said, they they do say some things that are outright messed up. Um, so the the but. The art style, the production, Laika um, started here, and they've only gotten better from what I've seen. The movies um, structurally get stronger with plot, and visually they get better and better. The the claymation that this company does is insane, Um, especially, again, I love Kubo the most of the four. Um, I, I have not seen Box Trolls, to be fair, but I, I'm i expecting not to love it as much as Kubo, but who knows? It is It does have Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in it, so... Um, so, my final verdict for Coraline, the second viewing for me, is not quite golden. Um, overall, I, if I'm going to separate it, though, for animation and look, I would say it's a must see. If you're for story, I think I would go not a total waste of time. Like, if I was going to divide it up that way, um, I don't. And so, there's enough production to make it jump up to not quite golden. Uh, Corey, what is your final verdict on Coraline?
1: I feel like this happens to me all the time, but I'm torn. Um, I'm leaning towards a decent watch um, just because with not quite Golden Boy, um, like everything about this film is good. um, But with decent watch, I'm going to go with decent watch.
0: All right. So there you have it, folks. Um, We know that's controversial. That is not the populist opinion of this film. Um, I think my daughter had she been willing to do the podcast, which I had tried to get her to, to talk about it, since I know she's a fan of it. Um, initially when she first saw it, I think she loved it. Um, I do know that of the three, because we bought she got for Christmas the uh, Blu-ray box set of Coraline, Box Trolls, and Paranorman. Ooh. Of the three, she likes Paranorman the most. So, um, and I just recently rewatched Paranorman because it was on. Uh, freeform or something and i i just decided to stick through it and watch it and i actually i like the story a lot more in Paranorman. it does feel a little slow again i do feel like it drags at times but i think the story everything that you get in that like when something happens it makes sense later there's it's not like coralline where we pointed out a lot of these i don't necessarily want to call them plot holes because they're not necessarily holes as much as they are just you know leads that go nowhere there's they literally could be cut out of the movie and the movie would be the same and that is a waste of time in my opinion if you're going to uh take the time to tell us that it's her sister there has to be a reason that's significant and there's not um if the grandmother if you're going to tell us that no one no kids have been allowed to live in this house why is Coraline the exception there has to be a reason and there doesn't appear to be um but at least not for the grandma's side. Like, the grandma seems completely innocent of all of this, yet, why did she allow Coraline to live there all of a sudden, you know? Those things matter to me, and and they, they feel like they're errors in writing. Um, So, if you disagree with us, feel free to uh, tweet at us. I am at Burke Reviews, and Corey is...
1: At Corey, our star, to R's on the end.
0: And, of course, you can go to our website, com and you can uh, comment on this post or you can email us and, and tell us how dumb we are. Um, if you have any theories on what this movie is supposed to mean outside of the literal story, aside from the weird mind control thing, which I don't know if mind control is that big of a hot-button issue that we need like a metaphorical film for it. Um, that is one thing that I read, and I didn't mention um, – Th- this idea that this movie shows you, like, the process of a mind-keeping monarch or something along the lines, which would be the witch, how she manipulates and controls Coraline. Uh, and yet, Coraline pretty easily breaks out of that spell um, simply because she doesn't want button eyes. Like, she's like, oh, sewing buttons on my eyes is clearly wrong. Never mind. Um, you know.
1: Well, stick a needle in my eye. I mean. <laughs>
0: which, even that. It doesn't. It doesn't really make sense that Coraline doesn't go with it, uh, and the other three kids did. Like, what did they? What? And,
1: hold on. Another thing. Why are the other other people helping Coraline? Why did the other dad and other YB help her? Why?
0: Yeah, because they're not I, people, right? Like, they're just.
1: They're like empathetic to her. Why? Well, they're they're yeah, but
0: even more they're not people, right? Why do they have emotions at all? They're just supposed to be sand filled uh creations of the witch so because you know they all leak sand at some point to in, to like why he pulls his glove off or whatever and his hands just sand you know like the rats when the cat kills the rat it just pours sand out. so yeah that's a really great question why are they empathetic the cat makes perfect sense kind of perfect might be a little bit extreme
1: yeah i don't understand how he can go in and out well, of the other that's world.
0: the other connection to alice in wonderland to me he is totally cheshire cat he's able to essentially just appear at places like even the last shot of the film is him on the, uh, the sign, the pink palace sign. And And he he walks, he walks through the, the other side of the, the rail or the bar, whatever the the post, the four by four. And he's gone, right? Like where we should still see him if we don't. And we saw him do that with the tree in the other world where he went through the uh, hole on the tree on the left and it showed up out of the hole on the tree on the right, like across the street from one another. I mean, The cat's playing the role of Cheshire, a a snarky mentor character, right? So kiss my butt, guys, who don't think this movie has anything from Alice in Wonderland because, come on, we have a cat leader mentor character that literally saves the day for her at least twice, Um, once without the cats knowing it was going to happen and... (laughs) Once or twice. Her cat. I yeah. was really upset about that. Because you thought she was going to grab a snow globe, right? <laughs> like.
1: Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? You can save your parents and get rid of the witch at the same time.
0: I was also mad that she didn't run for the door.
1: The spider robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, like, she has an opening at the door, and she just stands there and lets the web thing happen. Like, if she goes for the door, the web thing doesn't happen. Um, and there was no reason for her not to go for the door, because the cat was distracting the witch. You go for the door. You you dart for that door and hope to get out. Um, but I guess you could argue the reason was she needed the key, but I, I don't think that's the reason. I think that was – she could have gone. But um,
1: Sorry to make us go on another tangent. <laughs> our
0: movie – you heard it if you were listening, paying attention at the beginning of the podcast. Our movie for next week is John Wick Chapter 2. I've already watched it. Corey will be watching it before our episode, and we will talk about a new movie that's in theaters now. Um, if you go and see it, and you want to have your thoughts read on the podcast, please tweet your thoughts of John Wick Two at us or um, email us. I'm at John Burke at BurkeReviews.com. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, hashtag uh, Burke. uh, I'm sorry, hashtag Movie Club John Wick Two. So we can easily keep up with anything that you tweet at us. Um, Again, Coraline. uh, We don't hate it. We don't think it's a bad movie by any means. But we don't see what all the fuss is about. Does that sum us up pretty well, Corey?
1: I think spot on.
0: So that's it for this week. Um, we h- ask that you share the podcast with your friends. Tell everyone you can about it. Um, I do want to give a shout out to letterbox.com. Uh I reached out to them about doing a sponsorship. They don't currently sponsor anything. However, uh, they do have a weekly uh, listing of movie-related podcasts, and we are supposed to be being added to that list um so i just want to say thank you letterbox uh and if you don't know letterbox and you're a fan of movies you're missing out it is a social media network for movie lovers mainly for critics but it doesn't have to be a critic you can just go on there keep track of what films you're watching keep track of what films are coming out um at a watch list uh you know read about other people's reviews and it's it's great uh it's a really i i use the site regularly um I highly recommend it, and I wanted to say thanks for uh, them helping you know promote the podcast in their own way. So that's it, everybody. We'll be back next week to talk about John Wick 2. Corey, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. You guys have a good night or day or whatever.
0: <laughs> and good night. Peace. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com